Welcome to Leaving a Legacy, a podcast focusing on the legacy format and the New England magic experience with your host, Adrian. I, and I think Tin Fins is just, um, it could, it, maybe it's crack. And Jerry. I'm going to say two things to you right now, and they're going to contradict each other. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one pairings have been posted. Hey everybody, welcome to Leaving a Legacy. Technically this is episode 7, but there's going to be a little bit of difference in this episode. Jerry is not with us. He's currently handling some obligations required for his occupation. In the meantime, what I've actually done is I had the chance recently to have a conversation with a certain gentleman, and I've taken this as an opportunity to edit that conversation and share it with all of you, with his permission, of course. Uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I am lucky enough to be able to go to work and listen to podcasts for the majority of the day if I choose to do so. Uh, this is something that I've actually been able to do for a while. And on occasion, I've had the opportunity to meet some of the people who do podcasts. Um, one of which is Mr. Celso uh, at Balduvian Bears on Twitter. He is co-host of Tap and Sack. Those of you on the email distribution list may not be familiar with it, but I would uh, recommend checking it out because him and Houston are really cool to listen to. Those of you on MTG Cast, of course, will have no doubt who this man is. Um, personally, being in the New England area as a New England Magic player, when I found out that his store does, at the time, did Modern Masters drafts, I took a ride there to check it out for myself. And he happened to be there, though he wasn't playing that night, and that was our first interaction. Um, we've since had the chance to meet and play a little bit at Grand Prix Providence, Sorry, at an SCG Open in Providence and at Grand Prix Boston. Um, anyway, without further ado, I'll take you into the conversation and uh, I hope you enjoy. What's up, my man? How you doing, Mr. Celso? Friday's coming, right? I hope. <laughs> Why, is it, is, it that, is it that time of the week? It's that, it's that time of like, I don't know, month, last two months, last three months. Oh my god. You ever see that little post that, that uh, guess what day it is? Go home. Oh, Cam- hump go, day? Go home, Camel, you're drunk. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, Although I'm good, I'm, I'm trying to apply for this ESPN job, that sounds pretty sweet, so. ESPN? I guess that's all I think. Yeah, man. The Sports Network. Yeah! But, uh, Oh, what the hell is that shit called? Hold on a second, hold on a second. Um, oh, Sabermetrics? Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, have, they call them, or what is it? It's like statistics managerial jobs, or like, or I think they just call it whole division statistics, even though it's like not the statistics I would think of from academia. It's like, it's a combination of both like, oh, he got three hits today, as well as like, Here's the QB rating on so and so, or developing like metrics like QB rating and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or, or what the whatever the ESPN QB rating is called. Mm. Um, so like it looks like it's a little bit of everything, which is sweet. And it's I think it's 
literally the next town over from where I live. So Oh wow. Com- yeah, the commute's even better. Wow, yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So I always I found oh man, when I was in school I am not a sports fan. Like the World Series is on, but I could care because the Red Sox aren't in it. But right. like, the um the whole theory and development of sabermetrics I found fascinating. Yeah, well, I'm I'm psyched that like ESPN took the helm of it and made it mainstream because like forever it was just you know under the table or not under the table, but like it's very you know not popular, not popular. Like a bunch of nerds would get together and work on it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like teams kind of got mildly interested in it. Like there was mm-hmm. a whole Moneyball thing, but like other sports are taking on it now. Like I think was it this summer. It, the analytics world in sports exploded for the NHL. Okay. Like Toronto, the Maple Leafs started hiring people that were in data analytics, and once they saw like, uh, you know, not well. Granted, they haven't been doing great as a team the last couple seasons, but just like a franchise like the Maple Leafs that's so storied is doing something like that, everybody you know took notice. Mm. Um, so like, and, and basketball, they've been exploding the last couple years, and baseball, well, obviously, you know, you have the, what's, uh, what's his name? James, uh, what's the pioneer sabermetrics? I keep wanting to say Rick James, but I know it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, no, that was, that was the crackhead singer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Bill James. <laughs> okay. Bill James. Yeah, Bill James had his stuff in like, what was it, the 80s, I think. Okay. Um, no, actually, if you want to read like a cool story, like it's just the story of it without going hardcore into the stat stuff. Uh, what was the book I read that was awesome? Um, it's called Between the Numbers. Okay. It's it's a quick read. It's like 250 pages, something like that. Um, I know I have it on my shelf on my shelf packed away. Uh, I, just out of curiosity, for the hell of it, um, you ever get into philosophy, like Socrates, Plato, any of that? Oh, I had to take a pile of it. Okay, so, so you've read Menno? Oh yeah, a little bit back way back when. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, I once upon a time I was working third shift in a gas station, and like for some reason I picked up Menno, and I started reading it. My mind was blown. Every once in a while I'll talk to somebody and I'll talk to him about math. Like this things about math that are just fascinating to me. And like sometimes people take it. You know, you know. Sometimes you come across those people that are like so intimidated by it. And then right. you, you break down something that's suddenly they grab it and they're like, oh shit, yeah, that actually, no way, that's 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 cool, that's useful, yeah. Like I used to love tutoring math because I'd watch people light up, you know, they'd light up with that. Like some guys would come in when I used to tutor math, they're like, yeah, I don't know anything about fractions, and I need to have to help them out with stuff. I'm like, well, what do you do for work? I'm a carpenter. I'm like, okay, so you read a tape measure all day? Yeah. I'm like, okay, we could get there. You know, and like, and, and like suddenly I, I'd explain it to him, like, well, what's a half and a quarter? And they're, oh, three quarters. Well, how do we know that? So then I show them how to prove it. And like, suddenly they are not daunted by math at all. You know, they, they come yeah. in for like algebra help and I'd explain calculus and then they get algebra with no problem. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, that's what I do for, um, for my job basically. It's like I'm kind of stuck in a position where like I have to do a lot of technical work myself, mm-hmm. but I have to communicate it clearly to my business partners that are not technical at all. Right. Like, I have to do a lot of that explanation, and it's kind of neat when we deliver some of those messages, and they kind of get, they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that we shouldn't do this, and we should do that. Mm-hmm. It's a good feeling. I, I definitely uh, definitely can confide in that, for sure. Yeah, I, I miss tutoring. But anyway, so, so yeah, I just I just got off the line with uh, Jerry. Me, me and, so I, I, play in Worcester on Sundays and this guy Jerry drives out from Boston to play 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided to start doing a cast and stuff. And, and Sweet! Uh, wait, is his last name, is it Jerry Me? Is yeah. Is that his last name? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw him on um on, Twitter? on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I... It, he was uh, fighting the Valiant fight on, on uh, Facebook on, you know, the deal with all these freaking stores they're offering. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yes. Like... He was mentioning it. He's like, it's it's been a pet peeve of his that all these GPTs are standard for a Legacy Grand Prix. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel for him. Like, I start, like, I mean, he, him and I were, were both talking about it on one, on one feed, and then... Everybody else was just kept going with like, oh, it's better business, better business, better business. And after a while, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not getting through with these people, so I'm not gonna, you know, there's no no sense in in trying to, you know, beat a dead horse. So mm-hmm. I kind of butted out, and 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 Jerry kept going and kept fighting. <laughs> <laughs> All the credit in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, like I I don't, it's it's funny, it's funny because. You know, the guys that I play with, I mean, alright, so, I was just at the Grand Prix trial, right? Mm-hmm. I went there with Josh. Um, how many people there said, oh yeah, I know you, I've played you, right? Josh is phenomenal. <laughs> so I play with Josh on Sundays. I am a donkey. <laughs> like, the, the guys that I play with are really good. And, and that was, you know, me and Jerry were talking about it in the last episode. I learned something. I oh my god, did I learn something? And I don't even know if I mentioned it to you at the Grand Prix when he wiped the miracles board by casting oh, right. casting engineered explosives for seven. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, and and I'm like, that was beautiful. Like I don't see that's I don't see that stuff. Like I gotta I gotta play with these guys to see that stuff and go. Oh, I'm apparently not playing enough engineered explosives, and I'm apparently not playing them correctly. Yeah. I'm- Man, I felt so bad that you couldn't like you couldn't break through into the finals. Or no, you were in the finals. Oh yeah, I was. I took break through all the finals. I took, ah. I, took, I took second place. Well, the thing was is like this. This part's going to be edited out because the guys that I like, I'm emailing the show to, they're like, all right, enough about Tinfins. <laughs> <laughs> I love the deck. It's it's definitely my combo deck of choice. Um, and it's 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 funny. It's it's my combo deck of choice because I watch my opponents misplay like crazy. Um, yeah. How do you like when if it's a deck you don't see every day? How do you nobody, properly play around it? Nobody's gonna play test against Tin Fins. Like that's that's right. the first. Now, for example, I just went to the SCG Worcester. Uh, oh yeah, how'd it go? Unfortunate. Oh, it was unfortunate. I, I left after round five. Round two pairings have been posted. You know, you force a wheels or something, and and apparently it's just like the mono blue Omni Tail deck just must be a lot of cantrips, you know. Uh, yeah, so so the deck's basically at least the core of it is you have all twelve of the one drop cantrips. So like you have four ponder, four Perudane, four brainstorm. Oh, of course, brainstorm the mo- the holiest counters, or cantrip of them all, and then you have your engine cards like your four omniscience. Your four Enter the Infinites. As, as, if, as long as we're talking like traditional Omnitel, not like the cutesy ones that like Logan Mize would play or people that have like the blue red versions that with uh, Burning Wish and stuff oh, like that. Oh, hey, that one's good. I love that deck. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a fun deck. Let me, but you know what, you know what it dies to? Richard on port. Yeah, well, just, and you're, and you're opening up to Wasteland when you're starting to play Volcanic Islands too, which can also be a little tough. I mean, you're opening up to Wasteland as soon as you play an Ancient Tomb. But, you know, yeah, I mean, the, both decks play that. The ones that really crushed me was just when I show and tell an omniscience and they put in Trinisphere. 
<laughs> I've, I've had that happen, and they just said a wasteland to me. I'm like, oh my god, this feels terrible. I can't. Like... I. I did beat Three Sphere. I beat. There's a game where I beat Three Sphere and Platinum Angel. I just had to be like, and right, Platinum Angel. I'll, yeah, I had to like show and tell, put the additions in play, untap, put my six mana on the board, three mana to go uh, Cunning Wish for Rushing River, and then three more mana to. Oh, you use uh, Rushing River. Oh, that card's so good. You know what I like. I mean, I I forget what Rushing River does, but it's like sacrifice a land that does something else, right? It's like not not, not quite like Chains of Nefist, um, you, Chains of you bounce, you, you bounce one, and then if you pay the kicker, which is sack lane, you can bounce two things. You don't keep Hercules Recall on the sideboard? Nah, it's just not. I mean, I haven't seen enough artifacts to warrant keeping that. Like, I mean, you, when you're playing Cunning Wish, your sideboard's already constrained, so my bounce is strictly... Like, the two effective bounce spells i found that are most effective for me are Rushing River, because sometimes I need to bounce two um, versus just, like, you know, a Void Snare or something like that, mm-hmm. for instance. Well, you can't, and, yeah, you can't get a Void Snare with a Cunning Wish anyway. Well, well yeah, something like that. Okay. Or, I mean, Chain Vapor. Okay. Uh, or um, Wipe Away, because sometimes yes. you just want to get rid of Counterbalance. Yes. So, like, those are the only two that I play that are bounce effects. And then, like, you know, you have to put counter magic effects, or then you have, like, the cards, like, your tutor cards, like Firemind's Foresight, Intuition, El Domri's Call, and then, um, what am I missing? Oh, Trickbind, because sometimes you need, like, like if they, like, this happened to me. Um, I was playing a Metalworker deck, and... We show and tell, and I put omniscience. They put in spine of Isha to mm-hmm. get rid of my omniscience. And with that on the stack, I basically tutor my way for cutting wish, mm-hmm. cutting wish for trick bind to trick bind the uh, spine trigger. Yeah, and you do the same uh, thing for O ring. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So like, you need the trick bind there, and then um, the win condition release the ants and oh, or a win condition. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so. That's why I stopped playing the deck. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this doesn't feel like it's fun to cast. Round three pairings have been posted. Like, I don't know, man. Something about Release the Ants I just didn't like. You know, the, uh, that was just... It's good, it's good against, like, the Delver decks. Like, it, and, and also Death and Taxes, too. Because you do need a way to... Because if they have, like, Caracas out, then Emrakul becomes kind of a pain. Then you have to wait, then you have to find a way to, like, yeah, bounce it back, replay it. <laughs> oh, you mean right. for show and tell. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, the only time I've, the only time I've actually had to go that route is if my opponent, and I'm sure this card's gonna get very popular in the white shells, Spirit of the Labyrinth has to oh. be more popular because of Treasure Cruise, right? So, so the way I would play around it is, like, let's just say I show and tell they put in Spirit, so I can't enter the infinite anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, lately I've had to go the route of, alright, I'm gonna tutor, well, yeah, I'm basically gonna tutor my way instead of drawing my way to go into my sideboard to go get Eldamri's call, Eldamri's call for Emrakul and cast Emrakul. Okay. Just drop it on him. And then wipe the board. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that way, that doesn't require drawing a single card. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're playing, like, three Cunning Wish main deck, one Intuition main deck, um, Impulse is technically not a draw spell as well mm-hmm. if you want to go that route. Um, you know, you do have a couple ways to go digging for that. Oh, and I'm, I haven't got a chance to cast it yet, but I took out my two Gitaxian probes mm-hmm. and put in two Dig Through Time. 
So Dig Through Time is another card, another way to get you to all your pieces. Dig Through Time makes sense in that deck. You know, and I thought about it, yeah. I thought about it when I started. I'm like, it's instant speed. You know, it's like, I, I'm, I'm not, I typically, so I mean, I've been playing Tinfins for a while and I put together Sneak and Show and I just didn't like it and I didn't like Dig Through Time in it. It felt too slow. You know, and, and I, like, I don't want to be in the game with six cards in my graveyard. I want the game to be over. Um, when it comes to Dig Through Time, when I was looking at it, I'm like, well, if you can get it to cost two for Omni Show, then that's good. When Omniscience is on the field and it's free, that is a phenomenal dig. Oh, yeah. Round four pairings have been posted. I, I think I went to, like, reanimate Grizzlebrand or something, and the guy... Viled in the Spirit of the Labyrinth is only draw one card per turn, right? Yeah, each player can play can draw one card per turn. That's, yep. that's what it was. It's when I was doing um, Sneak and Show, and he viled it in, and I'm like, oh my god, I could pay seven during his turn to draw one. I'm like this is so, <laughs> this is terrible. Um, and and <laughs> worst necro ever. Oh man. <laughs> So, so I'm trying to figure out like there's, there's certain things that I do love to play with, you know. And I, I don't. How long have you been playing the Omni Show now? Um, this is probably my third month going into the deck. Oh, okay. Uh, You've been playing it for a little while because last time I saw you doing Ad Nauseum Tendrils. Yeah, it's. I forgot when I decided to put it down. It might have been like Providence a few months back, where I was like, "Man, this is fun," but you know what? Like, it's just so much hate against. And that was when bugs started to get popular. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, yeah, I gotta hang this deck up because like so much discard in the format makes it just very, very hard to go off. That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, the, the more bug that gets played, the more thought seasons you're gonna see. Yep, and and, and him the Torak and stuff like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't have access to Grizzlebrand in a Storm deck. Right. right. Well, <laughs> oh, 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 you can. It's just a different Storm deck. <laughs> oh, that's true. Touche. Touche. <laughs> but the um, yeah, and I I ended up. Oh my god, I ended up in a couple of matches against Ad Nauseam Tendrils with this deck too. That was that's been that's been uh, that's been funny. That's been funny because you know they're trying to like hold their Lion's Eye Diamonds to build up Storm Count when they're ready, but then they're like afraid that. They just may not get a chance. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's it's. Uh, I, I got to start keeping better hands when I play it. I would like to interrupt with a reminder that there is no offering any compensation in exchange for a match result. Yeah, you know, it's the, the macro metagame is much different. You know, like the, it's kind of like the it, up here. It's like the Delver metagame. It feels like it seems like just that's you know, and that's one of the things we were talking about is, um, would you? What's your impression? Should Delver be banned? Really? Um, so this is I thought thing. about it. This is a, this is a question. It. The top eight SCG at least four decks were Delver decks. So and so the decks become all right. I'm going to play Delver, and what instance can I play to stop whatever my opponent's doing? And like that becomes the deck. So let's see. So we had we've had Canadian Thrush pre Delver, right? So the idea of like playing a tempo type deck that has lots of cheap counter magic and mana denial existed. But now we get this three two for one, basically. Oh, I mean, well, not three, all the time. it's it's a it's a red creature in blue is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, it's an interesting question, too, because it's like, what would the impact be if we banned Delver? So, 
Delver kept a lot of combo decks in check, because, uh, like I said, the cheap counter magic of Mandana is very, very good. Um, and what's the weird part about Delver, too, is it comes with so many shells. Like, yeah. And that's, that's it, the thing, is like you put together a Delver deck, and then you add, like, Lightning Bolts and it's Blue Red Delver. And then you add Abrupt Decay and it's Bug Delver. You add, like, like it's... Well, it feels like the survival comments that Chapin made a couple years ago, right? You know, it's like, if you want an aggro deck, you play black-green-white survival. If you want a control deck, you play black-green-blue survival. <laughs> okay. If you want a combo deck, you play, like, what is it, blue-green-red survival, or something like that. Something along those lines. Hmm. It's something weird. But it's like, but it was so true. Like, you know, the whole format just kind of hinges around Delver. But Delver did, like, open up some other decks, too, to hate on. Like, it, like an interesting question would be, would... The metalworker decks really survive if it wasn't for Delver. You know, like would all those Chalice of the Void Trinisher decks be hanging around a format where it's probably going to be counterbalanced? Sure. So that would hang in there, and then like then we would just have like Canadian Thrush or something like that. Um, I mean, Shroudless Bug would still be hanging around because that doesn't necessarily need Delver. That, oh God, I love that deck. Yeah, so I mean, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what a Delver less metagame would be, and I guess like, now your Wasteland decks are gonna be Merfolk probably mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's still a reasonable tempo deck. And Shardless Bug Yeah, Shardless Bug, but they they usually play like a 2 of, right? They're not they're not like on the no, I did four. land for Wasteland plan, right? I did 4 Oh, alright, <laughs> so we got some well, b- because, you, because you're playing Deathrite Shaman Oh, fair enough Yeah. Um, and plus, you if, you, if you keep somebody off color, like, I mean out of the sideboard, surgical extraction is phenomenal too. That's true. <laughs> like, I'd love keeping somebody off color. That that's all. That is very very true. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it banned, but it's it's one of those where I'm like I'm trying to think, you know, of all the other cards that were banned in recent memory. And granted, we have to go back a little bit. Like we have to go back to mental misstep. Mm-hmm. We go back to survival. Trying to think if anything else was banned. I know we've had unbanning. I mean, my th- my thought isn't so much about you know d- banning Delver because what because the Delver decks usually it's the Delver that's killing me over eight turns. But I don't realize it because I'm so mad that my fetch lands just got stifled that my, <laughs> that my spell got force of will. That like it's it's the days. I mean, it's all these little things that while Delver's killing me, I'm not noticing it because my mana's being denied, my resources are being abstracted, I'm losing cards. Like that's. And, and so I'm not on a push to ban Delver. What I would love to see banned is actually top. Huh. Like I think I think the counter top deck the counter top deck Top eight pairings have been posted. So alright, yeah, you gotta hop off Houston got home? Yeah, but I, I didn't want to interrupt your train of thought. Oh no problem. No problem. I interrupt my own train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> my train, my, my train goes in circles. <laughs> oh, that's the beauty of podcasts. <laughs> oh, the beauty of editing. <laughs> so, <laughs> fair point. Yeah, I got, I got. Um, out of curiosity, how did you end up doing at the GPT? Uh oh, the one at the grid. Yeah, I went two two, and then I guess they dropped all of us the last round. Yeah, everybody so, was happy. Just decided. I was trying to just draw. I was trying to see if we could just draw the last round to get a, at least one planeswalker point out of it. I think you all did. Uh, no, I saw a drop on my uh, thing. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I, thought, so, I thought they were going to draw everybody. 
Yeah, it's all good. Hmm. I'm, I'm fine with that. But I think I got a couple GPTs I'm going to coming up in the next couple of weeks. Where? Or at least in the next week. Where? I'm like, hold on, hold on. Because <laughs> I, I think I'm going to one Sunday in Danvers. No, I'm not going to TNT because I think Saturday, so Sunday has to be wife day. Well, that's, but it's also going to be a huge hike for you. Uh, yeah, that's like, I remember doing that trip. It was like two, a little, two, two, two to two and a half. Well, it's not, it, not horrible. If you drove the one up, we could grab breakfast at Carl's. And then, like, I'll drive the other hour, but. <laughs> nice. So, I'm Monday, I'm do, just doing the weekly event at Kineticon just to get some reps in in a different metagame. Is, it, is like, it Legacy? It's not Legacy, though. Yeah, Legacy on Mondays. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. It's, uh, it's by record. Like, they, they switched to doing it by record. So, you know, if you have, like, XOO, I think is like 60 bucks credit, and, like, XO1 gets you, I think, like 30 or something like that. Okay. But they, they have a split, or they have it on their uh, Facebook and stuff. Okay. But, Monday there, Wednesday, over here in West Hartford at Voltage Gaming. Um, I think it starts at seven. I want to say. Is that the, and that's it, a GPT? Yep, that's a GPT. Um, Is it legacy that, or standard format? Legacy. Okay, all right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Wednesday's over here, and then Saturday at in Amherst at oh. Worlds Apart. Oh, that's uh, that's relatively close. Because I know uh, another guy's, another person's, another TO's doing it. Oh, Battleground's doing, also doing it. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be like a half ma- million people at Battleground. Mm-hmm. And Amherst is closer for me. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday's at Kineticon. Oh, so when's the one at Battleground? The first. Oh, okay. And then what, Kineticon's doing one too? Yep, Sunday the second. And that's that's also Legacy. Yep. Yeah, they're all legacy. So I have three GPTs next week, and then the eighth is bunch of duels. Oh, with diehard games. Yep. Yeah, I should. So I should granted, probably. not a GPT, but it's still worth doing. And then mm-hmm. I did take Friday off of the GP, so I guess in theory I could try to jam uh, grinders. All right. Well, but. I'll let you go so you can catch up with Houston. Yeah, I I definitely uh, look forward to for the next time around whenever it is, and and I'd love to talk with Jerry too. He sounds like a really good guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll let you I'll let you know. We'll see if we get you. Uh, try to invite you on. Definitely. Sounds good, man. All right, cool, Celso. I'll talk to you later. Later. All right, so I think it's probably going to be pretty obvious that scoop it into my top eight. I'm going to scoop Celso into top eight. Um, you know, getting to meet him, getting to talk to him. He's a really cool guy. I didn't realize he had the interest in legacy that he obviously has. It's been cool being able to run into him at SCG Opens and Grand Prix and uh, Grand Prix Trials. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, you know, for for those that are not in the New England area, um, it's an introduction to the community here. Uh, for those of you in the New England area, you know, feel free to extend a hand. There's, um, you know, we've mentioned it a few times that the majority of the people, um, at least in my area, are you know, wonderful people to know, to get to know, to get to meet, to get to play with. Um, you know, every once in a while, of course, you come across the, um, I don't know, the worm in the apple, maybe. For the majority of the time, there is a wonderful community, and uh, this has been a great way to spend a hobby. Anyway, with all that said, 
I bid you all adieu, and until next time. The tournament is over, and the store is closing. Feel free to see us during normal business hours by emailing the show at leavingalegacymtg at gmail.com. You can also find the host on Twitter with Adrian at Mathema Trickster and Jerry at JMEE3RD. You can also join the Leaving a Legacy Facebook group to stay connected.